Hello friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is a show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Tracy Papandreou. I'm an active member of the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide, and I'm passionate about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. It's great to be able to share with you, and I really do hope you'll enjoy today's show. So this week we've continued on from last week, looking at the theme of spiritual revival and specifically focusing on 10 questions about spiritual revival. This week so far, we've looked at such topics as Are spiritual problems solvable? How can my life change? How do I incorporate prayer into my life? Can God's promises give peace, joy, and victory over sin? We've dealt with some really thought-provoking and helpful material. So if you haven't been able to catch those programs, I encourage you to go to our website at faithfm.com.au and access them from the podcast area. And of course, if you have the Faith FM app installed, you can easily listen from the podcast area there. For today, we'll be looking more deeply into the topic, Will My Experience Touch Others? Joining us once again to lead us through the topic is our co-host, Lindy Sparing. Now, Lindy is the Prayer Ministries Leader for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia, and she's also Associate Speaker for Spirit Baptism Ministries. Welcome, Lindy. It's lovely to have you joining with us to guide us in this important topic. Thanks very much, Tracy. It's lovely to be here too. Now, I... um I caught uh, one of the programs the other day, I think it was the one with Joseph, where he was asking you about Mother's Day and yes, how yes. that all went, and uh, you said that your husband very nicely put a brunch together he for did. you, so yes. that was really nice. I was spoiled, and the children sent flowers and things like that, and yeah, look, it's been a, it's been a really interesting week, Tracy. This is my last night of two weeks of talking on the radio, mm. and I really feel it's a great privilege privilege to be able to do this and last night I sort of mentioned that my brother was very unwell in Kathmandu but today he's feeling a lot better praise God amen very pleased to hear that and sometimes in amongst the bad news there's also some good news and we had some good news today that our son is now going to be a paramedic for Ambulance Victoria. He'd finished his training and was just waiting for the call, and he got the call today. So in life, whatever, whoever's listening, sometimes things are a bit tricky and sometimes things are really happy, and that's, that's the way life is for all of us. Yes, we we have ups and downs, don't we? But that's where, um, uh, you know, when we've got a faith in God, that gives us a little bit of a... Let's use some of the terminology that's going around now. Vaccination against difficulties, and uh, we 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 get the difficulties, but you know we're able to manage it that little bit better. Absolutely, you know? Tracy. Absolutely. If I didn't have that faith and that relationship with the Lord, I don't even know that I'd be here today. But having that has made such a big difference to how I manage stress, how I manage difficult times, and and just how I. Go along in life, I suppose. Mm, mm. That's where it really makes a difference in our lives, isn't it? That's that's where it becomes not just these theories and actually, you know, makes a big impact in our lives, having God in our lives. Nuts and bolts of life, absolutely. <laughs> where the rubber hits the road, as mm-hmm. one of my girlfriends would say. Um, so let's move on to one of the 
things that we do always is we have our World Watch segment uh, at the beginning of things. And... Um, what took my attention in the in the news, and I know we've we've talked um, uh, about it a couple of times this week, is around the new euthanasia bill um, that's looking to be passed. We know that it's been um, passed in uh, the upper house, and uh, now is about to be debated in the parliament's lower house. And um, uh, there was a an article that I read from the ABC News site. Um, euthanasia bill not up for debate in SA Parliament this week despite pledge for vote immediately. A lot of people are a li- little bit concerned that um, the South Australian Premier had said that he would organise for that to be uh, looked at and debated immediately and it didn't go on the agenda. And uh, the Shadow Attorney General, Kyam, if that's correct pron- pronunciation, Meyer, who introduced the Voluntary Assisted Dying Bill, this article says, said the proposed legislation was missing from this week's parliamentary program, despite him expecting it uh, appear to appear for the debate. And so it passed, as I said, through the upper house. That was on the 17th um, attempt to introduce the measure in 26 years. I heard him being um, advertised. I heard him being um, uh, interviewed um, the other day and he was talking about the fact that uh, there should be more success this time around because previous times when we'd tried to do it in South Australia, uh, we would have been the first cab off the rank. And he was basically saying, you know, when it's been passed in other places, it's more likely for it to be passed here. Uh, one of the other things that um, uh, took my attention in this article, it said uh, more than 80% of South Australia want to see this become law. And I wonder about that. I sometimes see um, figures quoted in articles and we know that when people are surveyed, uh, not always the samples are a really good representation of um, uh, the, the the population because sometimes it depends on how they they do those those surveys. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of pulling in people who actually uh, want to give their say and and it can be biased toward towards certain certain things, um, s- certain uh, particular, Views. Um, there was actually another article which which took my attention because it um, talked about another way. Um, this article, also from ABC News website, said euthanasia rally held at SA Upper House set to debate bill and others call for palliative care funding. So this article talks about um, and, and quotes a gentleman called Ray Hardy and he's... Um, in the palliative care sector. He's actually one of the leading practitioners in the palliative care sector and and he is involved in delivering Calvary Hospital's home care for the, for the terminally ill. And uh, he says, um, I believe dying is a natural part of life. It certainly comes in different forms for different people and cancer, chronic illness is one of those things. And he actually talks about he believes that changing the law would interfere with the dying process. He said he's not comfortable with the concept of society saying it's okay for someone to end their life because they were suffering when we're not doing all we can to provide people with support 
at that time. And so he's actually been instead, you know, um, lobbying for additional funding for palliative care. Um, but unfortunately, we saw from the budget, you know, um, there actually wasn't a lot that came in from the budget that was specifically for um, palliative care. He's actually said uh, the bill, um, whether the bill was successful or not, an additional amount of more than $29 million must be put into the palliative care sector every year. It would lead to people staying out of hospital and supported at home or in the place they've chosen to die. You know, it's a really emotive topic, uh, this topic, you know, Personally, I'm concerned that so often Christians go along with the idea of euthanasia. You know, they take the view, well, God wouldn't want people to suffer. What What do you think about this, uh, Lindy? On, on what basis do you think Christians should form their opinions around this? It is a difficult topic, and I've worked in chaplaincy and aged care in particular, and I've also visited people in hospital who've had life support turned off and pass away and... I don't think any of us want to see someone suffer, but we need to really think about this because we've put in a lot of laws here in Australia over recent years and not thought about the implications. And this particular law would leave it open for all sorts of situations to arise where families might make the decision for somebody else. And I think we can't make that decision for somebody else. And even if a person decides that they themselves can't go on. We need to look at what is the impact for them. I, it seems that when people are very unwell and in pain and confused about a whole lot of things, they're, they're hope, feeling hopeless. Mm. They don't have faith or hope or trust and they're feeling, wondering who they are now that they're die, dying. And I just think when we step over this boundary and start having a euthanasia system here in South Australia or indeed across Australia, we're opening it up to all sorts of abuses and problems. We're also saying that, well, in a sense, we're God, whereas we want to trust in God that he knows what he's doing. And yes, I recognize that there are some non-Christians who don't believe in God and, and they're not bound by what the Bible says. But there are certain things about being a human, to me, that mean we should be extremely, extremely careful when we make any sort of decision on how to treat somebody else. And, you know, as I've said before, the Hippocratic Oath taken by doctors is to preserve life. Mm. And then you're saying, well, now we're going to give doctors and pharmacists these ability to take life. That's a complete opposite thinking in the process of, of caring for others. I agree that palliative care perhaps does need some more funding, but it has worked very, very well for a long, long time in many areas of society. So why this push? I don't really know. I don't understand where it's coming from. But I think we as Christians have a lot to offer. And I've, I've said this week too that when I've walked with those who are dying and some of them have no faith, there's a big difference in the dying process for them. Mm. But for those who have faith, there's a much a lighter atmosphere. There's much more joy even because they know who they believe. They know where they're going. They are trusting and have hope. Yeah, I, I must admit, you know, um, I did a little bit of research on this because you you really need to be able to 
answer people and, and try to give them information as to, yes. you know, why you have your particular views. Um, and I was quite surprised to find I looked at some research and it wasn't actually pain which was the main reason why people chose to terminate their their lives early, it was actually this factor of hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really surprised me. You know, I thought, well, it's, it's got to be the pain factor. But, you know, that's actually a small percentage and the hopelessness comes from this feeling that they're a burden on society. That's right. Um, that their life is, is not what it used to be, etc. They can't necessarily kind of match up their ideal of who they are as to who they are now. And, you know, I, I just believe that um, God's Word actually gives a lot of information about how as a society we can support these people um, and, 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 and the Word just actually provides that, that uh, solace I think, you know, I personally look at it from the standpoint that God doesn't mistake, make mistakes. He knows what he's doing. And if he hasn't taken a person yet, there's a reason why mm. he hasn't. He, he, he's not this ogre who wants to see people suffer. No. Um, you know, he, he, there, there, there must still be a reason Um whether there's something that needs to be communicated spirit to spirit before that person takes their last breath. That's right. I don't know. These are things that, that we'll find out, you know, someday in the future. But, um, you know, uh, taking away that idea that he is the authority, you know, to, right. to, to give life and, and to take life is something that personally I find, you know, a little bit hard to, to, um, to come to terms with. Um, I agree totally, Tracy, and I think that we have to recognise that when you start thinking this way, you're changing the whole concept of society. We really should always and every way try to sustain life and to, to bring about quality of life. And sometimes I've seen many Christians who've got some sort of disease, terminal disease, but they have no pain. And the doctors can't explain it yes, because they have their faith and that God is looking after them and protecting them from that as well. So I believe there's a whole lot of alternatives that have not even been discussed at any level, let alone parliament, of what to do when we have somebody in a suffering state and and what can be done because the body has a great capacity to heal. And I'm sort of, I know I'm going a bit off to the side on this, but... It seems to me that we're rushing into this without exploring a much broader, I'm not saying we should have a royal commission or anything, but there's much more things that could be discussed and looked at when somebody is ill and unwell and and sad that we haven't looked at those things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I totally agree with you. So let's come to some music now. We've got um, Fernando Ortega and it's called Open My Lips. Open my lips I will sing your praise forever Open my lips, O Lord I will sing your praise Forever, a broken spirit. 
Director here at Faith FM. Faith FM is almost 11 years old and it's been incredible to see how God has used us to change lives around Australia in every community we reach. I'd like to invite you to partner with Faith FM in supporting and growing your station by giving whatever God calls you to share. You can go to faithfm.com.au slash donate or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM to see how you can make a difference. Thanks for listening. And welcome back. You're uh, with Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Tracy Papandreou. Today our co-host is Lindy Sparing, and Lindy is the Prayer Ministries Leader for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia and Associate Speaker for Spirit Baptism Ministries. Now before we go into our topic today, um, Lindy, you've been working all through the week um, giving us some information and studies around this book that you've been drawing on called Steps to Personal Revival. And uh, some of our listeners might be interested in being able to get a copy of that. Um, I believe they can download it from the website. Can you give us some more information about that? Yeah, sure, Tracy. They just need to go online and type in steps to personal info and they scroll down and they'll be able to download the ebook Steps to Personal Revival by Helmut Horbel. Now, Helmut Horbel's a German minister. And he was very much impacted by all the 40 days books written by Dennis Smith. And so it's an amazing book. It's very, very helpful in your spiritual journey, walking with the Lord. So you just go to the website, type in steps to personal revival.info, scroll down and you can download the ebook. That's great. And I hope that uh, some of our listeners will get onto that. I know that they'll be really blessed by it. So this week we're taking as our theme 10 questions about spiritual revival. We're continuing on that. And today we're asking, will my experience touch others? Lindy, will my experience touch others? Well, that's, that's a question. And because this is the last time I'm speaking, I think we just need to recap a little bit on, on this book, Steps to Personal Revival. So what happens? You know, we're living down about 6,000 years since the world was created. And here we have sin has been introduced all that time back and we find ourselves living in a society with all sorts of issues and difficulties. And I think it's quite clear to us that man has not got the answers Mm. to life. And so man has to make a decision. We have to make a decision. What are we going to do? And the choices that we have really are fairly simple. And maybe I'm a bit black and white, but we can, we have two masters we can serve. We can serve God. And if we don't serve him, then ultimately we're really serving the enemy. Mm-hmm. We might think we're serving ourselves, but ultimately we're serving him. And so God's given us this, this great, I don't know, get out of jail card, if you like, Tracy, <laughs> and said, well, my son Jesus has come to take on the penalty of sin of this 6,000 years of sin, and we then have this choice. And so many of us decide, yes, we choose the Lord, we get baptized, and when we get baptized and commit our lives to God and experience that new baptism or that new revival or being born again, there's a lot of different terminologies for it, we then we receive a measure of the Holy Spirit. 
But this book's about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And William Carey has said, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. Well, I don't know about you, Tracy, but I want to expect great things from God, and I know I can and see them, and I want to attempt great things for God, but I cannot do it in my own strength. Mm, mm, mm. I just can't do it. And so we've talked all these last two weeks about daily surrendering ourselves to the Holy Spirit, daily spending time with the Lord, connected to the source of power, just like these microphones won't work unless they're plugged into the power. We need to be plugged into the source of power. And so this is what we've been talking about over this last week. And we've gone through many, many different scriptures. And I just want to reiterate too, Tracy, it's not a like... It's not a pre-prescribed um, menu or recipe, if you like, for how to be the perfect Christian. We're not talking about that. What we're saying is that in life we make these commitments, but if we want to have, if we want to be filled with God's Spirit and we want to see a difference not only in our lives but in the ministry or discipleship that we are all called to, mm. then we need to be baptized, regularly filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we can expect to see some changes. And, and that's what our question is today, isn't it? Will my experience touch others? Tracy, tell me, has your experience when you gave your heart to the Lord, has it touched others? Absolutely. They, they don't get a chance not to be touched, actually. <laughs> um, I can remember when I first became born again, I would just be so enthusiastically speaking about God and how he'd changed my life to the point where um, I was conscious that I had to say to people, look, I get a little bit um, over the top about this sometimes. Just stop me when you've had enough, <laughs> but please just do it with love because, you know, that that's just how it is. Your, your heart feels fills up entirely and, you know, it's it's just impossible. You've got this great thing and you just, the people that you, who are dear to you, you want them to experience it in the same way. Absolutely. So, you know, I guess, um, you know, one part that's, that's really special to me is um, about five years after I was baptised, um, my parents were baptised. I remember probably about um, four years after my baptism, um, and I had asked my whole family to come and witness my baptism. Prior to that, they kind of thought, mm, "Okay, she's she's." I mean, they were like me; they believed. Mm. Um, this is my my parents; they believed, um, but you know, it was a nominal kind of belief as I was before and so they were kind of like they'd watch me go off to church on Saturdays and they kind of think mm, okay where's she going with this kind of thing and so I invited them to my baptism and I actually sent my parents um, an invitation and I said something like um, I wrote something like um, uh you know I'd love you to be part of of and present at this wonderful um, part of, of my life, this wonderful ceremony. And I really pray for you too, that you might get to experience this as well. So, um, probably about, um, not long after I was baptized, um, uh, my mum rang and she said, what time do they start going to church? I want to go to church too. So I was, you know, 
over the moon uh, about that. Um, But it went back and forth a little bit. I couldn't work out whether Dad was trying to stop Mum or Mum was trying to stop stop Dad. (laughs) But in the end, they got baptised together, you know. And uh, I remember my mum said this to me one day, and and I'll treasure this. She said, um, Tracy, thank you for helping us to find Jesus. Um, it's like we see in colour now and we used to only see in black and white. Wow, you isn't know? that amazing? Um, now, I, I said, well, you know, it's not me. It was the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit obviously used my situation to, to um, help them to to see that there was something that there was something more, you know. So um And how so, blessed yeah. were you, Tracy, that your parents were there for the first time you were born? Yes. And they would have been so excited to see this precious girl, this precious baby. And then they were there for when you were born again. Yes, yes, and for me to be present to watch them being born again. Yes, you know, so Amazing. so yes, yeah, and so my mum actually she um she taped my invitation where I'd written those words down, and she's got that in her Bible now, you know. Isn't so that that's lovely? that's that's a really precious precious thing. So that so that's um you know that that's just one evidence of of the fact that living the true life of the Christian, mm. and you can really only live the true powerful life of a Christian when you are doing it with the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. It it has impacts. Absolutely. And, you know, I believe that God has raised up this message, this final day message in some ways, for people to experience a baptism of the Holy Spirit because we know there's a former rain and a latter rain. It talks about in the Bible we understand there will be a great outpouring of the Spirit and God is raising up us for now to understand this message. So to me, when I came to understand this message and to speak about it, I realized that God was using this message to prepare his people for what is coming upon the earth. And mm. and we need to be prepared. We need to be strengthened. And does this experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit change us? Absolutely. And Helmut Horble mentions quite a number of testimonies and stories of different people. And I'd just like to share some of those, Tracy. Yeah, please I do. I don't know about you, but I think hearing stories about other people's life inspires us mm. and encourages us. So... There was one person who'd been praying for about two years to have uh, the Holy Spirit in their life and they wanted Jesus to live in with them in greater abundance and they wanted to have the fruits of the Spirit in their life and they found as they prayed for that renewing, that daily renewing, they started to have a greater joy in reading the Bible. Mm. I found that too, Mm. Tracy. Mm. I don't know what – I'm sure that's happened for you as well. They found that they wanted to share Christ with others. And, you know, when you first fell in love with Jesus, Tracy, and you were born again, you, you said you were bubbling about it yes. to everybody and probably... I almost had to put a warning sticker on it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. And that's what can happen. We should be excited about our relationship with Jesus. And this person also found that they had a, a strong de- desire to pray for others. See, we're not inherently born with this love for others. It's something that comes through the Holy Spirit living in us. And I saw that myself working as a chaplain, kneeling beside the the bedside of somebody who was passing away, who was dying. This great love just welled up in me and these words of blessing came out for me over this woman's life. And I th- 
I, I thought later, that wasn't me. That was God in me loving this person through me. And that's what God will do. This person also said their lifestyle has changed dramatically. Now, I think in ways that our lifestyle can change can mean that we don't desire secular things as much. I know for me, I much prefer to listen to spiritual music mm. now rather mm. than secular music. I much prefer to read spiritual books rather than secular. It doesn't mean I don't do anything that's secular, but my desires have changed. I don't want to watch television all the time. Mm. And I find that, um, you know, you just, you just are filled with the spirit and you just watch what happens in your life and you can see a transformation. I've seen that in my own marriage too. And I know that my husband and children have seen the change in me. I think, Tracy, I was a little bit legalistic and a little bit, you know, I was the only one in my family who stayed in the church and I really wanted my family to be good church people. And I didn't portray to them that spirit of Jesus because he's so loving and so gentle towards us. Another thing that's happened when people have this change of experience and what they can expect is that if you have a church group and a few of you start praying, and many of the people in this book did the 40 days books that I've mentioned through Dennis Smith. So they spend 40 days in prayer with a group or a partner and they're praying for others. And what they've noticed is that some of the church members that have been inactive become more active and are more interested in serving others. You know, I think sometimes we think we go to church and we should be fed. We're really meant to go to serve and to bless. That's what Jesus did. Mm. He got down and washed the disciples' feet. They also found that those people in the church had been arguing with each other. Now, I'm sure everyone who's listening goes to a fantastic church where no one has arguments. But for this particular church, they found that a lot of the issues were solved. People who hadn't been talking to each other started talking to each other. There was reconciliation, that spirit of reconciliation. And these are the things, the fruits, if you like, of what happens when people's lives are transformed through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the Word tells us that our unity will be a sign to the world Absolutely. Of, of God's transforming power. And we're not going to get that unity unless we as individuals are really walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. But I also think what, this is a tool that we can use to have a, a, a great and powerful spiritual life. Why would we not? want to get on board and get as much of that as we can. I think we're scared sometimes, Tracy. We're scared what whether God's going to ask us to do something unusual. Years ago, I used to work at the Adventist Book Centre in Nutterwadding and they'd put on this tape or this music that said, please don't send me to Africa. It was a song. I'm not sure I've got what it takes. And I think I, I sort of always have laughed about that. Please don't send me to Africa. It's sort of like we think that God might get us to do something that we, we just don't want to do. But he's not like that. He he may get us to stretch us and he may he may want to take us out of our comfort zone, like me being on the radio is way out of my comfort zone. And yet God will use us in so many different ways to bring a, a blessing to others. Another way, Tracy, that I think is amazing too is that people I've known who've 
started to ask for the baptism of the Spirit and to connect with the Lord every day have found that their prayers are answered in a different way. More of their prayers are answered and they see more of God working in the lives of those around them. And I can testify to that in many ways where I've been praying for family and I'm not saying they've all turned to the Lord, but there's an there's an opening there. They're more willing to have those discussions. They're more willing to show respect for what I believe. And so I believe that's where the spirit is working in that area. And so, you know, when we are genuine about wanting to grow in the Lord, he will show us amazing things, amazing mm. things. Mm. And, you know, there's things that would, would never, ever be accomplished if the spirit wasn't in it and leading and guiding. That's right. You know, and sometimes we put a lot of effort into doing things for God, but because we're not spending enough time being with God, allowing him to transform us, allowing him to formulate um, the plans that, that he knows are right and will bring about the right outcome, sometimes we put a lot of labor into things with very little result because God and the Spirit wasn't as part of it, as much part of it as they should have been. That's very true, Tracy. And I know lots of churches have meetings and board meetings, sometimes ad nauseum, and they're planning all of these things. But what we need to do is say, Lord, what do you want us to do? And that's what the disciples had to learn. They had to wait on the Lord. And then he showed them what they needed to do. And he, he worked through them to, you know, thousands were were converted in a day, and it's just incredible. You know, in Ephesians, it talks about this mystery in Ephesians 3, this mystery, and that mystery is the Spirit because we can't really explain how the Holy Spirit lives in us. We just know some things to be true, and we have to have faith that this is the way of Jesus living in each one of us and him working through us to bring a transformation to the world around us to our family, to our friends, to our church, and to bring honor and glory to God because that's really who it's all about. It's not about you and me. It's not about us. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about God. It's about Jesus, that Godhead that just was willing to do whatever it took to rescue us back back from the enemy. From yes, Satan. absolutely. And sometimes I pray for things that, you know, I say, can you please answer this? You know, I'd like this. And, and yes, it will bless me in, in my life. But a lot of my motivation is because I've told people who are perhaps non-unbelievers, un, I've told them about my belief that, that God can move on this. You know, you might think that this is, in, this is impossible, but God can move on this if that's what he wants. Yes. And I say to God, God, I want you to be, answer this. So I've got another excuse to to praise you and glorify you. So mm. my friends who don't believe in you, who think, oh, yeah, you know, it's planting seeds. And I go, well, Absolutely. you know, actually she is being looked after. You know, um, there are amazing things happening. Absolutely. And it's good for other people to see that. You know, I've heard that some people, you know, may have been born into Adventist families or other re- religions and church families and they've just going along fairly easy no big changes nothing nothing exciting's happening and 
as they start to realise, when you think of the the foolish virgins, the wise virgins, and you start to realise that perhaps I'm not a spiritual Christian, I'm actually walking in my own strength and what the Bible calls a carnal Christian, it's hope. We don't need to be discouraged if we recognise that part of our life is still walking in our own strength. There's hope for us. And when we recognize that need and we call out to the Father and say, Lord, send your Holy Spirit, fill me with your Holy Spirit, transform my life, create in me a new heart, we will see amazing things and we'll all have testimonies to share with others. Because testimonies are the things that are really, really powerful. People can argue about, you know, uh, theological things here and there, but they can't argue against a before and an after, a That's life right. changed, a life transformed, and the only thing that, that is the difference is that Jesus came into that person's life. Absolutely, absolutely. It's that before and after like the Apostle Peter, you know, the rambunctious fisherman and outspoken and, and claimed all of these things that he wasn't able to live up to, and then after, filled with the Spirit, powerful for the Lord, willing to die for the Lord, and in fact he did, he was... He was um, martyred for the Lord. So God wants to change us, Tracy. He wants to transform us, not just from you know, that initial walk with the Lord when you were born again. He wanted to do even more in your life, and he does that through the Holy Spirit in your life, mm. you asking for him. Yeah, and, and, and I think we need to also look at the flip side of things today. You know, we can impact others positively, but we can also impact people negatively when yes. we are declaring ourselves as Christians and we are actually not walking in the in the full potential and power that is available to us. We do a lot of damage, I think, at times. You know, I've I've got a brother who he um, believes that there is some kind of intelligent power in the universe, you know, but doesn't want to put the name of God on it. And I've said to him. Well, I personally believe that probably in the majority of churches, there are people who are actually not born again and so are not representing the fullness of what's available to a Christian. And so therefore, non-believers looking on are getting a distorted picture of what's possible for the life of a Christian. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we've been often living lives where we've taken God's name in vain because Mm. we haven't been filled with the Spirit. We haven't been on fire for the Lord. We're not willing. You know, I saw a sign, if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for anything, anything or everything. And I saw that up in Harndorf during the week on on a wall and I thought, if you don't stand for something, then you'll fall for anything. I, I don't want to do that. I want to be strong and I want my life to represent the great sacrifice that Jesus did for all of us so that others can be drawn to that. And we need that revival in our churches. Because as you say, I've got family members who who look at Christians and think, well, what do they really stand for? They're no different to me. They don't act any different to me. They don't look any different to me. What have they got that I haven't got? And so if we're not filled with the Spirit, then we're carnal Christians and we are, in a sense, taking God's name in vain. 
Yeah, absolutely, because we're not coming into that fullness of what's of what's possible. We have to trust and obey God that if we right. come to him and ask for him to bring us into that fullness, then he will do that. All we need to have is the willing heart. That's right. Yeah, so with that, let's listen to Trust and Obey from Sierra Hull. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Tracy Papandreou. Today our co-host is Lindy Sparing, and Lindy is a prayer ministries leader for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia and associate speaker for Spirit Baptism Ministries. Um, we've been uh, looking at some of the uh, studies around this book, Steps to Personal Revival, Lindy, and would you like to tell our listeners once again how they might be able to get a hold of that book? It's a fantastic book and I highly recommend it. So you go on the website and you type in steps to personal revival dot info and you can scroll down on that site and download the ebook. Steps to personal revival. Just go online, type it in dot info and go to the ebook and download it. And that's great. Now before the break we were talking about, you know, 
trust and obey in God and you know wanting all you need to have is that open heart to him uh, when you recognize that you're not in this place when you're perhaps still a carnal Christian and you need the infilling of the Holy Spirit now I imagine prayer is going to be a big part of um, bringing all of that power into your life have you got something to to help us out with that yeah I just want to share a story about a woman who was praying for a young man and this young man had been involved in her life, but she'd gotten out of touch with him. So she, she wanted to pray for him. And then she heard that this young man's brother was being baptized and it was taking place not far from where she lived. So she wanted to go to that baptism, which she did, and she met the young man. And they were able to have a bit of a discussion. And he, he told her that for some time he'd had an increasingly great need to come back to God. Well, she'd been interceding and praying for him regularly. Uh, but he didn't have the strength to change his lifestyle, he said. And she told him that I, for the past 20 days, had been praying intensively for him. She'd prayed for some time, but for the 20 days, she'd prayed intensively and that he'd been on her prayer list. And he was speechless because it was during that time, those last 20 days, that he felt God talking to him, working working on him. And so during the baptismal service of his brother, he was very moved and the pastor made an appeal. I think it's really important for pastors mm. to make appeals at baptisms. And she could feel the battle that was taking place in him. It was a long struggle, but he finally fell on his knees and started to cry. And he surrendered himself to God again. And at the end of the evening, he told this lady that he had decided to attend church regularly again and to change his lifestyle. He never expected this particular weekend, this time where he was seeing his brother baptized, uh, to end in this way. And she said she saw him a few weeks later at a youth mission conference and which had again strengthened him and built him up. And she thanks God for this conviction that she had to pray for this young man and to pray for him to be transformed. And I think that's the key really, isn't it, Tracy? Yes. We need to pray. In Ephesians it talks about praying Ephesians six eighteen, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And we need to be praying for each other. Absolutely. You know, we're very good at church at having a bit of a whinge about our pastors and about our elders and about other people in the church. And I believe that we are going against God's will when we do that. If there is a situation where somebody is causing us some grief or some problem, we are to pray for them and to bless them. And so prayer is is the key. And so if we think about steps to personal revival, we want to be transformed and changed. We need to pray. We need to humble ourselves and we need to say, Lord, what should I do? And somebody might be listening and go, what does it mean to pray? Really, it's just a, a word that says talking with God, listening to God, having a relationship with God. It doesn't matter what stage of the journey that you are on. It doesn't matter who you are that's listening. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you can now say, Lord, I recognize my need. I recognize my need of being filled with the Spirit. I want to have your Holy Spirit. And for some people, just a short prayer like that, they can be fulfilled straight away. Some people have testified to having a bit of a warm feeling or a feeling of peace, 
Others, it's taken a few days that they've kept asking for the Spirit. But normally there's this inner knowing and this belief and faith and hope that I've received the Holy Spirit. And as he... He's very gentle, Tracy. He doesn't go, now look, Tracy, you've got 25 things I want to deal with today. (laughs) He's very gentle and he will gently deal with the areas of your life that need to come into accordance with God's will. Because as we come into accordance with God's will, we are safer from the enemy of our souls. We have a greater connection to the Lord. Our spirit part of our body is is growing and being strengthened so that we can hear the Lord as well as talk to him. We can hear him more easily. Yes, yes. And I was just thinking as you were um, talking about that, that it is a gentle stepping through, isn't it? And and God doesn't force us. No. Uh, his His Spirit is so gentle with us. I I have a um, an example of that. My dad um, had a number of speed cars that he used to um, uh, display, and uh, but Sabbath Saturdays was when a lot of these things were on. Now now he had come to an understanding that that was. God's sanctified day, the seventh day of the week, the fourth commandment asks us to set that aside for God. Yes. But he really struggled with it. Um, now, firstly, what happened in the beginning was that he would often have situations where he could talk about God on long trips with people he was actually sharing the, the, the car with. Um, and so he felt, oh, you know, maybe God's on board with, with this because he's, he's, he's using me. But slowly and slowly... God actually took that desire away from him. That's interesting, isn't um, it? To to avoid eventually, you know, my mum my says really quite strange, you know, this was, so I think he had about four of them, you know, displaying them at different times, you know, in different places. He'd drive all over Australia. Um, but mum said it's really quite strange. He, your, your father doesn't seem to really want to do that. Anymore, mm. and now I think the last one is up for sale. <laughs> now, because there isn't that desire anymore, but God was so gentle. You know, He wasn't um, kind of uh, no. You must get these out of your life. You mustn't do this. He just, you know, He even allowed God to kind of talk about allowed my father to talk about God and witness for God in some ways. Mm-hmm. You know, along mm-hmm. the way. So that just shows how He is so gentle. With us, um, but we just need to be um, open and 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 cooperating with the spirit and what the spirit is trying to do. I think it's in um, uh, two John three sixteen where we're told that the word is given to us for various things. Now I'm not going to be able to cite it off the t- top of my head, but it's for reproof, correction, so that the 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 man will become whole and complete. That's right. That's right, Tracy and. You know, I think about that little story that you told and it really illustrates the the journey for a lot of people Mm -hmm. that God will go in gently. And yes, if there are strongholds in our lives, you know, and as we surrender, he will take away those desires. You know, some people have all sorts of addictions and issues and we, we all have to face that. But the Lord is powerful and mighty and when he comes into our lives, you know, Jesus really is our example, Tracy. When he was baptized, the Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended upon him. And Ellen White, I've mentioned her a couple of times, she's one of the most prolific female writers the world's ever seen. 
She said, in response to his prayer to his father, this was Jesus at his baptism, heaven was opened and the spirit descended like a dove and abode upon him. And it's amazing to think that happened during his ministry. But morning by morning, Jesus communicated with his father in heaven, receiving from him daily a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. So if Jesus needed a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit every day, if he needed to connect with God every day, if he needed to spend time in prayer, listening to his Father, having an intimate relationship with his Father, then so how much more do we need that, Tracy? You and I, who are not Jesus, who you and I, who are born sinners, you and I, who are only saved through what Jesus did on the cross, we need that in our relationship with the Lord. And I love that uh, text in Second Chronicles 7.14 that says, If my people, and then will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. And Tracy, the Lord wants you and I, he wants all of us to be prepared for the greatest time in world's history when Jesus is coming back again. Mm. Jesus is coming back to redeem, to take home, to bring us into his home for those who are connected to him, who love him and who can't wait to see him. And he wants to lead us through those difficult times victoriously. And he will do that as we surrender ourselves every day and ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it needs to be an everyday thing, doesn't it? I know in the past, I've always started out so very strong in the year. Yes. And by about September, it's not an everyday thing anymore. It might be (laughs) four days a week, something like that. Yes. But when the COVID crisis hit, I felt I need to get real about this now. Yes. This to me was one of the signs of we're approaching in end times and I need to be ready. I know what's ahead. I need, I need to be ready. And so I have deliberately made that my priority. Now, it means I'm maybe not as fit as I used to be because a lot of the time the exercise actually gets pushed out the door rather than, <laughs> rather than the prayer. But I can, I can vouch that, um, that it is making a big difference in my life, making sure that that is a, is a daily Occurrence. So one last thought that you'd like to give as we round off this series? Well, first of all, thank you very, very much for allowing me the privilege to talk about this topic. I'm really passionate about it. And also, Tracy, I really like the way you shared that we, we can start out really strong and then something happens in life. And this is happening more and more. Let's be honest, looking at the news, there's trouble afoot everywhere and every area of society and so I hope sometimes that these are the impetus for for all of us to take seriously our relationship with God not to put off any longer for asking and praying and recognizing our need because we do need it uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and it's my prayer that all those who are listening will catch a glimpse just through these simple words these discussions over the last two weeks that they will catch a glimpse of the difference that their life can hold to have a greater measure, a bigger measure, more measure of the Holy Spirit in their lives and to be baptised with the Spirit. 
Amen. That's my prayer. Amen. So it looks like our time's up for today. Thanks for joining us on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us again next week when we'll be commencing a new and exciting theme. So this one's Mythbusters, examining non-biblical beliefs of the Christian world. In our first week of the series, we'll be looking at Is Creation and the Flood a Fable? And so Monday's topic to start the week will be covered by Joseph and Will, and we'll look at the specific question, what Why does what I believe about creation matter? So we really look forward to seeing you then. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. That's from John fourteen twenty seven. May God richly bless you. Change my heart, oh Be like you.